Well, hi. Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, Element Strength's second podcast with myself, Daniel Lewis, and Josh Lewis. Second podcast in a freaking year. Yeah, but, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. You know, you get busy. And yeah, you get busy for you, a year. You have stuff. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. And there's, you know, so, you know, the hardest thing is just getting started. Yes. Which is true. a good segue into what we want to talk about today. Yeah. Working out, and training, yeah, and training. things of those natures. To get started on those things can sometimes be the hardest. And speaking of workouts, my particular start that I'd like to talk about is uh, planche push-up training, which is what I just started about a month ago. And uh, a planche push-up, for anyone who doesn't know, um, it's a push-up with your entire body parallel with the ground in the air. The only part of your body touching the ground is your hands. And in the position that your hands are in, your arms are totally straight and angled down to where your palms are at your hip level. And so you're not as far off the ground as if you did a straight arm push-up. You're less less um, off the ground, but it's a lot, a lot, lot harder to do than a normal push-up. And for those at home, it's a lot harder for him to do this because he's 6'3 and weighs 200 and, I don't know, 15 pounds, 210 pounds. Something like that, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> the point is mastering the technique and, of course, gaining strength. But in this particular case, um, the technique is really what I need to master. And then gaining strength along with it is another thing. Uh, that you, There are two separate things that you need to pay close attention to by the same token. You can't just focus on just getting strength. You also, with these, types, with these types of exercises, with these types of exercises, oh, okay. is what I mean. As, I don't just mean Not overall. Not in life in general. Not in life in general. I'm talking about calisthenics and bodyweight exercises like these. These are very advanced moves, like a planche push-up, a front lever, um, yeah, L-sits even. For, even the, though, for the record, I think strength's the most important thing. Um, overall, I definitely could see how strength would be a key role in this particular exercise I'm trying to do because all of your body weight is basically being hinged on your shoulders, your front delts, and your chest, and your biceps. But throughout that whole movement of the planche push-up, with your body floating in the air on your hands, and then you, you go down to do a push-up, and you come back up without your feet or your body touching the ground. That whole time, your body is hinging on your front deltoid, your shoulders, your, alarm, your arms are locked out the entire time, except when you do the push-up. And so your biceps are taking a huge load, mainly the upper part of your arms and your chest. And so getting those strong is vastly important, but your whole body is involved because you have to be straight as a board. And that involves activating your glutes, activating your abdominals, your lower back, pronating your shoulder blades and your shoulders out. And just remembering all this stuff um, takes a lot of focus. And sometimes you, you can only kind of focus on one thing at a time if you're not so familiar with the movement like I am, like I have been. And so, um, it's really important to pay attention to all the stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right. But what I mean is like my process has just been, you know, in, in one set or one day of, of training, I'm focusing on, um, my shoulders staying where they ought to be throughout the entire movement and where it's okay for them to move. And, uh, and then, um, do you breathe in and hold it prior to, starting your movement 
That I, you know, actually, I'm not really sure. What, what I do is I try to focus on breathing consistently and not just throughout the plant, throughout, throughout the plant, especially when, in and tightening and then doing the push up and then letting go. Well, I'm, I'm right now, I've mainly been doing holds. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm doing the holds, a lot of recommendations from, I've just watched a bunch of different, um, videos from trainers from, uh, like calisthenic movement or, uh, there's several, um, or uh, fitness FAQs on YouTube. Um, all these guys have a lot of this in common with planches is your arms need to be straight and your breathing has to be consistent and in a nutshell, like breathing normally. Mm -hmm. You can't just, um, be, um, don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. But is that um, just for so the much. hold or for the push up? That's kind of throughout the whole thing. I mean, obviously there's a breathing rhythm uh -huh. for doing the, the reps of the push-up. if you're just holding I would breath. imagine you definitely need to take a breath in as you go down, just like any kind of rep of any exercise. Yeah. But then the breathing pattern kind of um, would, would change via position. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they basically, a consensus between all of them that I've come to recognize is that if you can't breathe normally in one hold and one part of the exercise, then don't move on. Wait and work until you can master that and mm -hmm. keep your breath sustained. So breath and locked out arms has really my, been my, um, my gauntlet this last, these last few weeks, hmm. um, and learning it and just, I mean, you know, the furthest I've gotten is just doing pseudo planche pushups where your feet are on the ground and you're in the, the leaning position <clears throat> and you know, you, I pump out as many reps as I can, which right now is just like two to three maybe. And, um, just, but maintaining all that, you know, tight, tight core, tight glutes, hips curved forward, shoulders pronated and going into the, into the pushup and keep, and then wrist conditioning is also another thing is that your hands, you know, wall stands has been a huge part actually of just wrist conditioning for me because your wrists hmm. aren't used to be tweaked, being tweaked that way. At least mine aren't, you know? And so this is a whole new world for me. This is a whole, not a whole new world, but like, it's like a, a different ball game. Cause normally I'm used to doing more, um, lifting oriented exercise, barbell exercises mm -hmm. is what I've done more of and throughout my whole life. Yeah. So not that I've never done calisthenics, but just very basic ones, nothing like this. So it's quite a challenge. You know, I'm trying to my goal is to be able to do one uh -huh. by April at least. What, what was your progression? Where'd you start? with like with planche. with planche yeah my progression was i started being able to do just some a few pseudo planche yeah. push-ups but only so far in the lean i've actually gotten slightly further uh -huh. in my lean when i'm in the position uh -huh. on the floor uh -huh. but what i've noticed is if i don't get further in my lean i'm able to sustain the status of where i'm at a little longer uh -huh. or if not longer it feels a little stronger mm. So I've noticed those things just by being consistent with the exercises I've been doing and keeping them up, you know, and then I've just been doing some, some strengthening exercises like, uh, resistance band raises for front deltoids. You know, mm -hmm. you just keep your arm straight down by your hip mm -hmm. grab a band, attach it to whatever and do like, you know, a decent amount of reps pretty high, like three sets, four sets of 15. Mm -hmm. That really works the front delts pretty well. And then also it really... Uh, is, is really good practice for just keeping your arms straight and locked and then pronating your shoulder. I'm at the point where I don't know how much that exactly is helping, but what I am noticing is I'm having gains in time, <clears throat> gains in noticing strength in that time hmm. by in the holds. They're very little. 
and you know, and some of it, I don't know, it could be just mental. Maybe I'm just like, oh, sweet, I can, I can do this, and you know, this is this is cool. But maybe it's just me thinking. Maybe I'm, my brain is getting ahead of my body. Hmm. Uh, I don't really think so, but that could be part of the case. But um, so you haven't been doing any like overhead presses or anything. I've done a little bit of that, but not really. Not enough. No, a, to lot, a lot of make my a linear progression. What's that? Not enough to make a linear progression. No. 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 Most most of my upper body exercises have kind of minimalized. It's not minimalized, but have just kind of diminished a little bit because I brought the planche into my hmm. my routine. Yeah. To really try to get it down. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of people say uh, a lot of these guys, these videos I've watched, um, they say that you know it can take you anywhere from four to eight months depending on where you're at when you start for me I'm gonna estimate I mean if I really go bar none balls to the wall with this I think I can get it by April but if I'm getting well-rounded and well mixed in my training which is how I like to be then it's gonna take a little longer how many months is that five months from now hmm. but when did you start two months ago a month um, so six months total six months total and you started doing pseudo planche push-ups interesting i've never i've done planches before but not but they've been on rings not on the floor so the, the grip was entirely different and i didn't do push-ups i just did holds just iso holds and it it worked pretty well it, i feel like I feel like doing the planche is, it, you do get stronger doing it, but you don't get strong enough to, like, if I, if I lift barbells for a long period of time, and I start out not being able to pick up a 50-gallon drum full of something, after I do barbells for a while, I'll be able to pick up that 50-gallon drum. But I feel like stuff like the planche, I'm, I don't know that I'd be able to pick up a 50 gallon drum after training. after training with the planche yeah you know what I mean yeah crossing over to practicality yeah and this is just the yin to the yang right type of thing uh -huh. I don't care necessarily yeah for anyone else can do do whatever you want for, for me for my my purposes I'd rather be able to you know just be stronger in general I guess but when you've got a $200 bet on the line, it's kind of hard to ignore that. <laughs> right, yeah, this uh, part of this is a bet that I'm that I'm involved in, too. Which is another part of the story that which we is, didn't tell you. Which is another part of the story, but uh, this so is something that... This is something that I honestly want to... I mean, when the time that the bet is due in five months or whatever, fail or succeed, either way, I'm going to learn how to do this um, and, and get it down, whether I have to pay up or not. I mean, I'll gladly pay it. In a way, in a, in the principal way that it's like, hey, you know, like I'm I'm happy to do this, you know, yeah. like this isn't torture for me at all. This is awesome, you know? <laughs> like, and you know, a little pressure and a little time on the line. Okay, I got six months, and so now five months. So, yeah, you know, it's like the heat is on, but heat is on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but anyway, through all this time, it's so far so. Decent, I would just say. So, so far, so good. Yeah, more decent. Like, I, things are happening, but um, I definitely need to have my nose a little, little closer to the grindstone on this uh -huh. one. Um, it's, it's definitely there, but I definitely have more incorporation to do, more research to do, too. I mean, where I'm at, you know, I know, I know 
the basics, maybe, you know, I, I know, but foundational well, knowledge Well, if you were is, training for an Olympic event, you'd be... Well, yeah, it'd be different, obviously. A little bit different. You'd change your diet, you'd change right. your entire training regimen. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think going with an all-calisthenic program and cutting your calories by like 20% would probably get to your, get you to your goal a lot quicker mm -hmm. because you don't want a bunch of excess body weight right. hindering your movement, but you don't exactly want to do that, do you? According to how I've been living the last month? No, probably not. In, <laughs> well, my, I, in my mind? Just from what I've been seeing, it well, doesn't then, seem like you want to do that. No, yeah, I know, exactly. I, I, totally, I totally get what you're saying. And also, a little tip for all you fitness junkies out there. Taking on a fitness challenge during the holidays is probably not the best idea. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. In conclusion with all of that, I would just say, if you are into doing calisthenic movements like that, advanced ones, not just pull-ups, push-ups, things of that nature, but like, you know, planche push-ups, front levers, uh, muscle-ups, things like that, definitely, um, just like Josh was saying, you know, depending on where your body is at, my body in particular, I have little excess, you know, I'm, I'm like just slightly overweight, and, you know, I'm at a kind of a, not a rough start, but not, maybe not the best start, but um, to get to achieve a planche in the amount of time I'd like to. Um, statistically speaking, scientifically speaking. We don't really speak scientifically, but we say we do. We say we, we, say we do. We say we do, yeah. We're, we're not but, uh, scientists by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> no. Nor are we fitness experts. We're just fitness novices that like to talk about our experiences. And welcome comments also. Yeah, comments. Moving on to the deadlift. Uh, deadlift. Josh, what do you have for us? I don't know. I uh, like the deadlift. It's my favorite movement. Fun of mine, too. However, doing my travel schedule, I've had to restart and start. I only started doing the deadlift like a year ago. And it has become my favorite movement um, because it's really easy and you move a ton of weight and it utilizes every muscle in your body just about and forces your body to work simultaneously to move a load which I mean people don't really think of the deadlift as a functional movement but what could be more functional than picking shit off the ground and moving it somewhere? Like, that's what Correct. people do, you know? So I don't see why the deadlift can't be considered a functional movement. People think functional means, like, grabbing a ball and dancing around in a freaking circle or something. <laughs> that kind of bullshit. That's not, that's, that's not functional. That's just stupid. Bitter over here. <laughs> it's not gonna get you anything but sweat. That's it. I think dancing in a dancing in a circle with a ball over a period of five weeks or deadlifting the linear progression is gonna get you stronger or better or more progressed than any discipline whatsoever. It's gotta be the deadlift, of course. Of course. But hey, you know, those types of train training exercises have their place. Yeah. So I started the deadlift and 
I, I restarted it again like uh, two weeks ago. And in that two weeks, I've added 50 pounds to my deadlift. 50 pounds? Yeah. And I mean, it's not like a, it's not a hefty deadlift. It's actually an embarrassing number to actually even say. But like, if you stick with it, you, you can keep gaining that progression going. You can, you can, you can deadlift 500 pounds in, I don't know, in six months. You know, when I, when I first started doing the deadlift, within three months I was deadlifting 435. And that, I mean, it's not like superstar numbers, but it's like, it's good for me. And I thought it was amazing that I, I basically added like 200 and, 200 and freaking 60 pounds to my deadlift in the, three months. The key point know? is the progression. You yeah, made. that progression was, yeah. <clears throat> and that doing in order to do that you have to have a plan and stick to it and don't do a bunch of crazy bullshit all the time just have that plan and stick to it if you you know if, if you want progression like that if you want to just you know have if you if you like doing weird stuff in the gym and just getting sweaty and feeling like you've worked out and do whatever but if you want actual results and you want actual progression over a long period of time, then you focus on strength training and you keep that progression going. So issues for the deadlift for me. Um, so after, after a while, your grip strength starts to go. And right. by the way, you should always, in my opinion, deadlift with a double overhand grip until you absolutely just can't hold the bar anymore, because that works on your grip. If you do it, if you do a switch grip all the time, or if you use freaking wrist wraps all the time, it doesn't help your grip at at all. Right. You're you're just gonna be able to deadlift some weight, but your grip's gonna be nothing. <clears throat> uh, so deadlift uh, up until you can't hold the bar anymore. Then add chalk. Then that might get you an extra 20 30 pounds that you can actually hold the bar um and then from that point you can move to a switch grip or a hook grip or add some wrist straps i like doing wrist straps because it uh, allows me to keep my double overhand grip which the hook grip does as well but maybe i'm just a a, a puss but doing the hook grip just freaking hurts my damn thumbs so much can you describe the hook grip yeah, so you grab the bar like you would normally, but you you basically tuck your thumbs underneath your your fingers. Does that make sense? Um, and that's what the, the thumb is around the bar. The but thumb goes around in. the bar, but you tuck it up underneath your fingers, and so basically you're trapping the when you lift the bar, you're trapping the bar between your index finger. You're trapping your thumb in between the bar and your fingers. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you lift that way. That way, it locks your fingers into place, and the bar doesn't roll out. That's why. That's why you lose your grips, because your your thumb is like the weakest part of your hand, and you can't hold on to it, and the bar rolls out of your hand. It's the weakest part of your hand in that lift. In that lift, yeah. And then the yeah. hole in the hold and that, anchor of in your that hand. hold, yeah. Right. So doing the hook grip will help you hold on to it longer. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the bar rolls out of our hands like that for a reason, and you shouldn't deadlift more than what you can actually hold with a double overhand grip. 
I don't know. Well, I guess it depends on. I'm not saying that's the, that that's the way it is, but I don't right. know. Maybe maybe it is. Who knows? Nature has all kinds of crazy secrets that are staring us in the face. Of nature's secrets, can I ask you, mm. what are some that you have realized in through this process of doing deadlift for the last couple of years? Deadlift? Like, oh. like what, what moments have you had that, of discovery that in the movement, you know, there's, you know what you know, and you go for it, and uh -huh. you stick with it, and you're consistent, and yeah. you improve, and you progress. And maybe when you've hit a plateau, yeah. if you have at any point, what, or, you know, in any, at any point for anything, what... Um, discoveries have you made in those secrets of nature, quote unquote, uh, like or like something of the yeah. like? You know what I mean. My biggest problem is I. I don't know when to slow down my progress, mm -hmm. and I lift too heavy like an idiot. Don't we all? And Sometimes. yeah, and I end up doing something stupid like tweaking my back or something. Mm -hmm. um, I I need to catch that earlier and go back. 10 to 20 percent in weight and basically do a reset and then keep the progression going <clears throat> but i don't know i'm just stupid and sometimes i don't do it <laughs> hopefully on this cycle i'm gonna freaking pony up and do it correctly and once i once i feel the weight you know the, the bar speed getting slower and the form just getting in a little bit to to the point to where it's breaking down. Then I do my reset and start over again, like twenty percent back, and then do the deadlifts up into that point again. And hopefully at that time it will all be able to progress past that without those problems. But it's identifying that that's been my mm -hmm. my problem. Well, just, you're just your discovery, like yeah. I'm, I'm just like oh, I could do it. Right. I could do it. I'm tough. Screw this. Well, I mean, is that I mean, is that what really goes through your head? And... Yeah. No. <laughs> no. What goes through my head is if I put weight on the bar and I don't end up lifting it, I feel like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. That's exactly I've what goes through my head. I've had a few times like that, and that's like you know you're like, okay, you laid it out, so you're not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's that like for some reason yeah. I feel like there's a video it's camera like you're on obligated. me. And to, to if do I it. don't lift this weight that I put on the bar, then there's gonna be like points taken away or something. It's right. It's like it's like you're. It's like there's some kind of mental obligation. It's, in so, your head. Stupid. And it's it, so stupid. It is because it's not worth it if you you know. But it, we all go definitely go Just through that. Just take the weight off the damn bar and do it properly. Yeah, okay? and you know what? Let me let me tell a lot of you right now. Just just on a side note, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody is watching you. Like you know that chick that you're watching. She doesn't even know you. <laughs> she doesn't even know you exist. So, don't be a. You're not being a bitch. You're being a smart person, and saving yourself a lot of of grief by saying, you know what? I don't think I can lift this. I don't feel good about it. So I'm gonna take it down. I mean, you Do should it. try it. And I mean, if, if you, if you, you need to listen to your body and you, drop it. You I mean, know? you know, listen to your body, and just like you said, and you know. It's just not worth it. It's not, you know, I've almost destroyed my hamstrings. Do it. I've almost destroyed my lower back. You do watched me one time. Do it. You watched me when I, I was deadlifting, and I, I had that same obligative, ob obligatory thought go through my head of like, all right, I put uh, the weight on the bar. Like pause halfway up or something. No, it was a, it was a cat back fever moment. My, oh, my back, my back, yeah. while doing the deadlift, totally curled, and you said drop it. You know, like. And um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but my back didn't feel good after that. Yeah, I was very fortunate 
terribly shocking. I'm very fortunate that that's all that happened. You know, after a couple of weeks, I was fine. You know, like, I I, I stopped yeah. doing deadlift for a little while after that. So Another thing about the deadlift is that if you're injured, you can probably deadlift a lot sooner than you think. Just not with the amount of weight that you think you should. Right. Just because you're deadlifting doesn't mean it has to be heavy all the time. Yeah, I mean, if, you're, if you have a back injury, then you need the deadlift, but... You know, start out with the freaking bar, for God's sake. Or just the movement. Just the movement itself, right? Eh. Yeah. I mean, well, it depends. Just depending on where you're at. Yeah. If you're so hurt that you can't even bend over, obviously right. you shouldn't lift a bar. Know, know yourself is but, the lesson uh, there. Know where you're at. If you can bend over and grab a bar, try and deadlift the bar. And then, but but be on a progression, get a little bit, that's that's how your body recovers. It becomes a little bit stronger here and there and here and there and a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. And you actively recover your injury. <clears throat> At least that's my experience. So far. That's pretty cool that you know, through that time, that like this discovery essentially that you made about just the habits of, you know, that obligatory thought pressed into your mind. I put the weight on, I gotta lift it. Like that's, um, that's huge. And that's, that's huge. Cause that to actually click it, learn it, and then to apply it. Uh huh. And you're actually applying it to change your habits, yeah. Especially in that kind of um, zone, you know, of working out. Well, the gym's training. such a bro atmosphere. It's like right, but then you got to be when you when you learn and you apply those things, you yeah. don't let any atmosphere affect you. No. And that's the, one of the biggest things, the hardest things for most of us as human beings to do. And so that's to me that's huge. Yeah. Because um, most of the time, more often than not, people don't do that. People no. don't apply things like the well, discovery that not, I don't do it. <laughs> That's my problem. Well, I yeah, need to do but it. But you're very conscious of it. And actually, <laughs> by the tone I'm hearing, it sounds like you're actually like making sure you, yeah, this, you're this on top time, of yourself. This time, it's, it's so hard, though. It's like you make gains every workout, and then you hit that one workout where you're just like, oh, I can't do a gain this, this time. You're just like... Ah! Well, and also think about it this way: just because you don't make a visible gain doesn't mean you're not making gains at all. Yeah, I know, but it's hard. It is hard when you're when you're that. when you're used to progressing consistently. But that's that's like the novice phase of lifting, though. You progress, 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 and you're going to hit a plateau. Mm -hmm. It's no question about it. You just mm -hmm. have to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Most people aren't. Most people think that they're just going to start keep. lifting and just keep getting more and more weight every single workout and it's going to be awesome and everybody's going to high five and sing songs. It's <laughs> like, get we have champions. Yeah. Is there any other, uh, any further thoughts that you'd like On to add there? Lift? Yeah. Uh, I just started using uh, lifting shoes on my deadlift. Oh yeah, how's that? And I noticed out? a huge difference. I normally didn't use lifting shoes. I just went barefoot, but... For some reason, those lifting shoes helped out a lot. I don't know if it's because of the slight heel elevation, or maybe it's just more stability. It might be, you know, it might be a combination. Mm -hmm. But it just seems like I'm more stable lifting the bar with the shoes on. Can you describe the lifting shoes? Just like just a brief, you know, overview of yeah. kind of what they are, what they're, what kind of what they do, how do they feel? They're just <clears> like <throat> they're Nike Roma Leo 2.0s. Mm -hmm. Very expensive. <laughs> stupidly expensive yeah but <laughs> but they help a lot I would suggest going on Craigslist and just finding lift shoes on Craigslist and of your size and buying them used it's going to do the same thing basically um, but basically it's a 
it's a trainer with a hard bottom with a, a heel on it um, and it and it creates basically in short it just creates a more stable environment for your feet to lift heavy weight and there's no give in the sole so like when you wear your normal freaking cushy trainers cushy Nikes to, to squat when you're getting up there in weight the heel just has zero stability well not zero but less stability and, and, it, and it sinks down yeah it sinks down and your your heel has a little play something like that um, but yeah just more stability helps a lot and then also with a deadlift you should not be using your squat belt right and, how, and why is that um, because it doesn't allow you to get down into the correct position I mean, you can get into the correct position using a squat belt. It's just a little too too wide. Right. It does. It just. It kind of impedes your ability to do the movement with a nice flow. And it, and it hurts. <laughs> it prohibits a little bit of the movement. Your squat belt needs to be like I don't know, like three inches wide and and I don't know, like six millimeters in width. Like the thickness, thickness, yeah, six millimeters thick, something like that, leather. Um, but it just it just allows you to get into the correct position. It's it's really difficult to get down in the correct position when you're using a big old fat squat belt, <clears throat> and it hurts. Right, so the squat belt's like three inches wide. No, four. Mine's four, and it's ten millimeters um, thick. Thick. Yeah. Oh, okay. How so? How wide should a standard deadlift belt be? Uh, I think three inches wide and like six millimeters thick. Okay. That's. And that's so. In, and that's enough. Going to be in the front because there are some deadlift belts that have a wide. No, back, it shouldn't have a wide they? back. They shouldn't have a wide. No, back. it should be three inches all the way around. All the way around. Okay. Yeah. And I kind of knew why that was, but now I just don't really remember. Huh. Yeah. Should be three inches all the way around. So that one that I used the other day, that Nike one, uh -huh. that was probably a, that was like a squat belt or probably different, maybe a different kind of lift even. Yeah. No, well, because I mean, it doesn't prohibit movement because it's belts, thinner. Most of the belts and commercial gyms are pieces of shit anyway. So it's like, you know, those freaking Vallejo ones. God, those ones are horrible. Well, the only one that <laughs> at the gym that. They have a Vallejo one. Is one for XXXXL men. I tried to put that thing on one time, and I was like, "There are not enough holes in this." And I looked; it looked brand new, and I know I'd seen it there like a few weeks prior. Yeah, well, so I was like, "Yeah, nobody's it. using this. Why? Because no one wants to drill a hole into it to actually make it fit." <laughs> anyway, no, a squat belt should be the same width all the way around too. You should. It shouldn't have a a, a wider back. So tips on deadlift, listen to your body, um, you know, d don't, uh, don't feel obligated to finish your workout when you know you shouldn't. Basically it. Or just drop 10 pounds and finish your workout with 10 pounds less. Well, yeah, and yeah, I mean, finish it at the heavy weight that you want to try and lift. Yeah, drop it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it's a simple thing. It's like, yeah, I know, I know, but then applying it, it's almost another thing entirely. So just swallow your pride. Lift a little lighter. It's all and good. I know that most of us won't do that, but we should. And then um, differences between lifting belts. Make sure you, you know the difference because lifting, doing deadlift with a squat belt, that could, that could, that's gonna hinder your lift, and it 
if you're getting up there really heavy and you're used to doing deadlift with a squat belt, you're going to be used used to what you've been working with. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, make that switch early on. Like, identify it and do it right now. Do what you should be doing right now. Because actually, the other day, I didn't know one thing actually that Josh told me. It was uh, at, at squat, when you start squatting and repping two plates plus, that's about time. That's about belt time. You should be wearing a belt around that time. With deadlift, I, th- I thought the rule crossed over. It was about the same. Once it's like two plates plus, then, you know, bring the belt in, start using the belt. But um, with deadlift, you can even wait till about almost twice body weight. Yeah. And I didn't know that, actually. Your breathing just needs to be locked on. And, and yeah, and then knowing the breathing technique with that. And so, um, and for all of you who may or may not know, what belts are used for, they're not some, like high-tech, you know, Razor Sonic 2.0 that, like, gives your body the yeah, strength not... to lift. What, <laughs> what, a, what a lifting belt does is you, you want to wear it nice and taut on your torso and your lower torso. And what it does is, is when you go to do uh, the lift, you're taking in a breath, right? And what it does is that expands your stomach against the belt. And what that belt does is that compresses air against your spine to help support it. Well, so I mean, your stomach already does that, but right, the but belt the, the belt accentuates. Maintain. Yeah, the belt accentuates that. Yeah, and it is it's a it's an assist. It's not so much like you're getting a spotter. Don't yeah. think of it that way, by any means. It's not for pussies. <laughs> it's it's a it's a thing that actual power lifters use. So, but to to know the right application of it, that's what it's for. It's to maintain what's already there, but to assist in in maintaining the um, compression of air on your spine to keep it solid. Yeah. In a nutshell. I would agree with that. You would agree with that? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's what the belts are for, but just make sure you know the difference between a squat belt and a deadlift belt. And actually, for one, I'm not even sure about um, whether or not there's different belts for, you know, um, power lifts like the uh, the clean or the snatch. I mean, there might be different belts for that, too. It's I would really, imagine it's there really are. It's really hard to find a deadlift belt. Really? I, I, yeah, it took me like fucking hours to find one. Huh. Like online? Yeah. Really? Yeah. With like the right width. Like, I mean, oh. they, I mean, Rogue's got a deadlift belt. Right. But it's four inches wide. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I don't. I think it's. I think it's maybe the edges like are. I think it's nylon, so I think the edges aren't. They can be a little solid. Mal- yeah. Malleable. Yeah, right? I think they're malleable, but. I don't know. I, I want. I wanted a leather one, so it. I'll put. I'll rephrase that. It took me forever to find a leather deadlifting belt. No, I mean, leather is, you know, you get what you pay for, and leather's a uh, quality product that's going to last you a while. Those, and then Those cows can make amazing things. They can. Any other thoughts on the deadlift? Are we nah. pretty much good on that? All right, great. Um, next and final, uh, we're going to shorten this one up. Programming. Uh, the topic question of this topic would be (laughs) what (laughs) for lack of a better introductory phrase let myself introduce myself myself. (laughs) (laughs) let me reinvent the wheel of introductory speaking um what programming are you using actually no let's even back up a little further what are your goals your goals are what is going to determine the program, program that you adopt. Now, when I say programming, it's the type of training that you do. 
but then there's training and then there's training under programming. There's a specific goal that that training is working you towards. Now, I am very guilty, Josh knows this, mm. of going in circles as in what I do. I'm the type of person who likes to mix everything. Like, I'm like, if, if my gym was a, my gym, if my training was in the form of a kitchen appliance, it'd probably be a blender because I like to mix it up. I like to do <laughs> a lot of different things. You know what I mean? Is there a mix a lot over here? Look out. Yeah, look out. Um, you know, I like calisthenics. I, I like heavy lifting. I like free weights. I like machines. You know, I like, I like it all. I see the benefit in all of them. I like it all. Um, and when there's a, a nice benefit in a lot of different things, uh, I want the best of all worlds. So I try to go for that. Um, but if but you, sometimes... If you're focused on actual progression... All novices, no matter what the training program, will always make progression. But it's the progression after the novice phase that seems to stymie the population. How long do you suppose, would you say, in your own opinion, mm. does that take for someone who starts and is consistent? Mm. I mean, I know it depends on the person, but typically, like, I don't know, like, how long does the novice phase last? Just up until you stop making noticeable progressions basically mm. or is it a it could more... last anywhere from six months to a to a year to a year i guess but i mean it just all depends on your strength level um makes sense i mean but the the novice phase of any type of exercise is going to yield results mm -hmm. that's why that's why so many trainers can hack it because no matter who they're training if they're just starting out they're they're going to make a progression whether they ride a bike or freaking swing a kettlebell. Right. Um, yeah. But it's the experienced athlete or lifter or whatever that has a hard time making the progression because they're already strong or fast. And they've reached a very high point they've of their potential. They've, they've reached a, a point in their training where they need specialized programming to make progress. So... I don't know, that making the quickest progress possible, in my opinion, is doing a barbell strength training strength training program with a linear progression. And it's the starting strength program is awesome for that. Um, Which I can attest to that myself, because I've done this, I've done it for yeah. a while myself, and it does. It works great. It does work it's great. It's awesome. And it, provide, it provides, uh, you know, once you start hitting those plateaus, it... It guides you through those, um, but I mean, if if you don't want to be a big strong dude, then doing calisthenics and all that other crazy stuff is, and you like doing that better, that's fine. Do it, but have a progression. You know, if you're if you're just doing like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pull-ups all the time, but you're only get your max sets only ever 20, then there's a problem there and you need to go up. So what? Add weight. And that's my take on that. With all of, uh, all these training programs available out there, you just got to try one. Um, if you like, if you're like, well, I don't really have a specific goal. I just want to get in shape. Well, that is a pretty specific goal. Like I just want to actually, I just want to lose weight find the right program. If you, I mean, if you want to just exercise, just literally go to the beach and just do whatever for an hour and you'll get sweaty and that's exercise. Yeah. Literally do cartwheels. Fuck freaking roll around in the sand for an hour. That's yeah. exercise. Yeah, it is exercise. It's true. Like it, it here's, doesn't... here's a great CrossFit wad for you. 
Find a kid and do whatever the kid does for an hour. Yeah, pretty much. Boom. Exercise. <laughs> workout of the day. Kids kids will give you a workout, yeah. that's for sure. We'll call that the kid ghost wad. Yeah. But anyway, the key is consistency and also knowing yourself. And if you think you know yourself really well, adopt a program and stay with it for a while. You'll learn a lot about yourself. <clears throat> Crazy. Anyway, hey, uh, this has been an Element Strength podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Leave a comment, leave feedback, whatever. We're open to it. Um, also, we're not professionals, we're not experts, but we do really enjoy this, and this is something that we're definitely passionate about. So um, we're open to learn more. So please do leave some comments if you share the passion. And a link for free pizza. That too. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Anyway, I'm Daniel Lewis. <laughs> Bless you, Josh. Thanks for listening.